Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Science, exercise, nutrition, health, energy, passion. One year, no beer. This is the One Year No Beer Podcast, where you will find all the latest tips, tricks, and hacks for a way to live better. Hi guys, this is Jen Fairbrands, and welcome to the One Year No Beer Podcast. Our guest today is Shana Bromley, an award-winning international matchmaker, love coach, and holistic practitioner. She specializes in total transformation, from loving yourself, to falling in love, to maintaining a fulfilling relationship. Shana has helped thousands of men and women make this transformation, and she's guided them every step of the way. Her expertise has been featured in Oprah Magazine and Cosmopolitan, amongst other outlets, and now we are lucky to have her here with us on the OYMB podcast. Ahead of this interview, we asked our OYMB audience for any questions they might have around sober dating or dating in general. Buckle up, folks. Today, love is on the menu. Ladies and gentlemen, Shana Bromley. Hi, Shana. Hey, how are you? <laughs> I'm very good. I'm loving that colorful background you've got. It's making me very yeah, cheery right yeah, now. Thank you. <laughs> oh, so, um, yeah, thanks again for coming on to the podcast. Um, I was very, very lucky to meet you in person um, in Tahoe a couple of months ago. So yeah. I've met you in person. And when I met you, I was like, this girl needs to come on to our podcast, first and foremost, because you are one of the loveliest people I've ever met. And, nice. and then the subject that you are a specialist in, you are a specialist in the subject of love, something we all crave, we all need, we all want. And um, it doesn't always come that easy, does it? So, so that's does. why you're I'm here to talk about I'd it. I'd get so. out of a job if it did. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, I mean, how, how do you become a specialist and uh, and so uh, not just a specialist, but like so good at it because you are very good at your job. Um, how does that come about? Tell me a little bit about how it started. Yeah, so I didn't grow up in the best environment and I actually never saw what a good relationship looked like myself having low self-worth and fully believing I was completely unlovable. I made really bad choices in who I surrounded myself. I chose toxic relationships, abusive relationships. And I just got to a low point where I realized this has to stop. I have to take accountability for what I'm attracting into my life. And so I just started learning absolutely everything I could about the brain, about interpersonal relationships, about just limiting beliefs, why you choose who you do, how you show up, self-sabotaging behaviors, and um, just put all of my focus onto that. I got fortunate that some amazing mentors took me under their wing. And for 15 years now, I've been working with the best of the best in uh, the industry, in uh, international and global matchmaking companies and uh, dating coaching companies. So and every day is a learning experience. I mean, everyone has such their own unique 
complex situation. So every day keeps me on my toes where I'm constantly growing and evolving as well. So I'm I'm grateful for my clients for that uh, expansion every day as well. Yeah. Wow. I mean, what an incredible thing though. I mean, and you do it all over the world. So how does, where are you based? First of all, tell tell our listener where you are and like, do you work from home or do you travel a lot with this or? Mm -hmm. So I, right now, my, my physical self, I'm in Nova Scotia. Um, my national agency is based out of British Columbia on the other side of the country. The, um, I contract to a start, a start, a tech startup. <laughs> my English is almost up today. Um, and that's, space out of San Francisco, but we're global as well. So, you know, today alone, I probably talked to people in over 20 different countries, which is wonderful. And I travel a lot, but not necessarily for work. I travel a lot because I do work 100% remote. So I can do what I do anywhere. And uh, it's just a good life experience to, to be out. That's a good, that's a good setup. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's what was my goal. <laughs> that is lovely. So, I mean, just to jump straight to it, in, 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 yeah. the, in the environment that we live in right now, it's, it's quite, you know, right now we are in the middle of a self-isolating world. Um, mm-hmm. So it becomes very difficult for people, right? Especially single people or, you know, people who maybe have just got into relationship. You know, it must be a tricky. Like, have you encountered anything? Any questions regarding this? Oh, lots of questions regarding. <laughs> this. It's actually really interesting. Like, in the industry right now, we really didn't know what to expect. So, when we first went into isolation, we experienced a bit of a lull. People weren't investing into finding love because they felt that connections won't be able to last. They'll fizzle out if they're not able to meet in person. And in the last two weeks, we've actually seen the greatest surge in online dating that we've ever seen. We've now coined it as the new cuffing season. And I mean, there's pros and cons, right? Uh, people are actually having more meaningful conversations. They're getting to really get to know each other more than what they were previously. We're seeing an uh, increase of actual successful matches coming out of this. The tricky part, though, is... In order for relationships to thrive, you need to be engaging in novel experiences together, right? You got to have that light, that fun, that playfulness. And that takes a lot of creativity right now in, Mm -hmm. in virtual dating. But thankfully, long distance relationships have paved the way for this global pandemic and how to date within it. So if people are willing to put the effort in, and, and this is the disorganized part about online dating too. There's so many different intentions. But for the people that are not on there as a suppression strategy or a distraction, the ones that are actually on there looking for a true connection, if they can put the effort into being creative with their dating and their date ideas right now, then these relationships can thrive and move into something really beautiful once we're able to be in the same physical space again. Yeah, and what you what you said there. I mean, because physical physical attraction is a big part of of you know of, of a connection between two people. Yeah. You're actually seeing someone, you know, you feel something. But 
getting to know someone inside i mean that that must be the, the kicker because that's where it really counts because you can meet someone uh, and physically feel really attractive but then you go like there's just no depth well that could take weeks and months for you to rediscover mm-hmm. and let's say a lot of people might be you know later on in life and not willing to kind of waste any time if that makes sense so when they when they when they get to and interact with someone like this now this must be a huge bonus for people i mean maybe then when they meet each other and see that ah, the attraction wasn't there physically you know yeah. that's a different story but the fact that you get to know and get to go through that process a lot quicker must be a huge mm-hmm. bonus in a way yeah definitely the timing's kind of interesting too um in north america i'm not sure if it is where you are but netflix released a show i think it was called love is blind or i watched that i did you i'm really hooked on it too yes but i watched it i was like it's a little bit creepy i'm like have they been sitting on this show for a while i'm just wondering (laughs) but exactly that so exactly not even seeing each other right so there there was no physical but what we have right now is we've got we live in a digital era like here we are you and i opposite sides of the globe right now right talking about right I can see you just as clearly as if you were in front of me so you can have attraction you can have physical attraction online it's a little bit different when you meet in person you know like I when I'm setting up matchmaking dates our whole model previously was built around not giving people phone numbers or too much information not having them engage in conversation prior to meeting in person because we wanted them to see if that chemistry was there in person and not prejudging one another, but as humans, we have to be adaptable as well. So we're changing the structure of how things work. Um, Yeah. You know, there might be times where when they meet in person, they're going to be like, Oh, you're not quite what I thought you were going to be like, but isn't that the case with organic relationships anyway? Like it's always going to be that. It's always the case, right? Like people always say, Oh, it didn't work out because they changed. People don't change yeah. it. They're being themselves. So yeah. the more the more authentic you are with virtual dating, the more likely you're going to have success when it comes to the finally meeting in person as well. A curious a cu- question that I have that I, I've been a bit curious about. You know what you just said there? Like, oh, after time they realize, no, that person changed. Yeah. Is it? That's not really true. Could it be that your expectation of wanting that person? made you maybe put up with certain behaviors or certain patterns yeah. hoping that that person would change and then they never do and then they're like well he, they changed and so that's the end yeah. of it. So is it a, is it a be like stop expecting people to see be someone that suits you right yeah so a little bit of both I think naturally we all tweak our behaviors a little bit because we want to be accepted right mm-hmm. we all fear rejection we feel hurt like fear of abandonment is a primal fear that everybody has on some level because it's essential, right? It's an essential need to be connected. Therefore, it's natural that we would fear disconnection, right? But it's how we handle that. So we're always tweaking our behavior a little bit, trying to get that that acceptance, right? So as we get more comfortable, though, your true nature comes out. That being said, It's our responsibility always to communicate what your needs, wants, and requirements are in a relationship. 
you can't expect and assume somebody's just going to be able to meet them and hope that they're going to change and be able to meet them, right? Then we just end up with an expectation hangover. So don't look at people expecting them to change. Set your boundaries, express what your needs are, allow them the space to step up and meet them. If not, accept the fact that it's not an alignment and release the connection, right? Otherwise, you're just prolonging the inevitable. Yeah, no, that's all good, good food for thought for anyone out there single and, and mm-hmm. I'm looking looking for a partner. There's so many things to think about, but especially now with, it's just interesting to have this podcast with you now because of the times we live in. And, and I'm sure for foreseeable future, this will be kind of the situation and we'll be integrating more into getting out there. But I mean, the, going out on dates is probably not the first thing people think about, but, um, mm-hmm. but it'd be interesting to see. But um we came well prepared for this episode um, and uh, we spoke to our audience um, who are very excited about this podcast. Um, <laughs> and um, I asked them to kind of give me some questions um, okay. specifically because, uh, you know, a lot of our members, they come in, they go into, you know, an alcohol free life. And, and so they, a lot yeah. of worries come with that social you know they worry about being pushed out from the social gatherings and feeling like the odd one out etc and love is something that we often see posts within our uh, within our private groups um with our members um asking uh, you know recommendations and stuff so when i posted Mm -hmm. this and said hey does anyone have any questions my goodness, I had to cut it down to a, a select <laughs> one. There were so many questions for you, really. But I think I've found some good ones. Are you good with me if I just jump into this? Fire um, on. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> uh, if you have, and afterwards, if you have anything to add or anything that you find sure. useful that you want to share uh, on the love side. Um, and just not love side, but, you, you know, you do so much more than you love for yourself not mm. just love for others. So if you have anything that you feel like an input towards um this subject for our members that, that just jump in and, and and fire away um here we go so one person asked firstly if someone has gone alcohol free would yeah. you advise would you advise them to hold off from dating for a while so they need to be comfortable with themselves before they begin dating so it's really about their acceptance with where they are in the process of being alcohol free. Right. I believe like when you're, it's also, why are you going alcohol free too? So I think it'd be different than if you're in a 12 step group and it's coming from a place of alcoholism, I believe they say don't date for a year anyways, because it can be triggering. If you're in another experience, I mean, that would be entirely up to you. You need to make sure you're coming from a place of and that you feel good about your lifestyle and where you at or you're at before you begin dating anyone. So even if you just switch jobs, same thing, make sure you're coming from a place where you feel really good about yourself and you feel really settled in your life before bringing anybody else into it. Yeah, that's, that's good advice there. And you know, t- taking their time, it needs to feel right and just feel yeah. for it rather than think for it. Just Yeah, and make feel- sure it's not a suppression strategy either, right? Like, don't try to fill the void of alcohol by distracting yourself with the relationship either, right? Again, right. make sure you're showing up from a place of wholeness. You're, you're good and anything else you bring in is icing on the cake. It's good. 
That is good, sound advice. Now, how would you suggest someone manages their pre-date nerves if they normally rely on a drink to steady them? What tips mm-hmm. could you offer to help prepare for a first sober date? <laughs> so there's actually this series that I love. It's called Metadating. It's by Gabrielle Bernstein, and it's an hour meditation all about pumping yourself up for a first date. Uh, another thing you want to do is just preparation, right? Um, decide what are three things that you want somebody to know about you, right? Just come up with three things that you want someone to know about you. Also, this is going to give you a little bit more confidence in yourself. And then do something that you really like to do right before your date, like, For me, whenever I'm doing something that makes me nervous, like a public speaking event, for example, I'll dance. I'll put some music on and I'll dance. (laughs) It's my energy and my vibration up at a high level and I'm showing up as my best self. So do what it is that makes you, that lights you up, that turns you on before you go on a first date. Ask yourself what you want someone to know about you because that's reaffirming to you what your great qualities are as well. So it'll give you more confidence when you go out. And you can try the metadating if uh, you're feeling really... I've written that down. Yeah, metadating. Yeah. Metadating, I love that. It's a really great album. See, that that would be very useful because there's a lot of people who have asked this question to see. Yeah. Um, Also, though, having a drink before you go on a date interferes with your judgment. As well, we're looking at making smart decisions. I mean, just remind yourself that as well. Like you want to make the the most important decisions that we make in our life is going to be our education, our career, but who we share all of that with. So make that decision from like a a very uh, clear space. Yeah, right. Oh, totally. Yeah. That, make, that makes so much sense. And it's a good point because we we often talk to um, our members about sober dancing because also another thing that people worry about, dancing sober. Yeah. And we're like, dance, sober dancing is awesome. And what you need to do is maybe prepare at a home, like put music on and just dance like no one's watching and stuff. Mm-hmm. You just need to let it loose because music can be very therapeutic as well. Just yeah. feel the music. Don't think about the way you look. Think about the mm-hmm. way you feel. That's a good that's a good tip for the right ahead uh, of a, a sober see everyone. We talked about sober also, dancing and now this is also recommended here. <laughs> with sober dancing too. I mean, I'm sure everyone's seen somebody who's been out dancing who had a couple too many drinks and <laughs> you could see the look on their face that they thought they looked like Beyonce. But in actuality, not so much. So even if you think you're not a great sober dancer, you're probably better than you were with too many drinks. So it could be a lot worse. <laughs> it could be. I love that. Oh, that's brilliant. Um, next one for online dates: putting putting together a profile that isn't off-putting yeah. is often an issue, especially mm-hmm. if mentioning being alcohol-free. What's your advice for writing an honest yet inviting profile of yourself? Yeah, so you should be upfront, and I mean, there's ways to do this that are subtle as well. On most online apps and websites, there's a lifestyle section, and you simply can click or not click do you drink alcohol? So simply don't click that you drink alcohol. And if somebody asks you about it, be upfront because this is going to show you right away if they're in alignment with you or not. If they have a problem with you not drinking, they're not your person. So this is just going to let you know sooner than later. Also allows the opportunity to have some much more 
highly effective dates as well. I wrote an article a while ago about worst date ideas and going for a drink is one of the worst date ideas. (laughs) A, A, your judgment is foggy. B, you're sitting across from each other in this awkward interview setting. Like, how many brothers do you have? What about you? You know, like, it's just, you're not, you're not engaging. Like the best dates to ever go on are activity dates. Because you are experiencing engaging, doing things together. This is where bonding and connection is cultivated. So by Mm -hmm. saying, actually, I don't drink, this creates an opportunity to actually make some really creative activity dates. See, I like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like you say, I mean, it it affects your judgment, but you also see people who who drink, it can turn them in, they can be perfectly nice, lovely (laughs) people. The moment they have a drink, they say stuff, can be a bit arrogant, you're like, that's yeah. actually quite off-putting. I mean, in a way, it's good to see that that's the co- that's that's a person's color when when they drink. But mm-hmm. also, it could make maybe socially people who are maybe a little bit more socially awkward already as well. On top of that, alcohol-free, yeah, it, it, and then they have an alcohol beverage into it just to kind of go. This supposedly should loosen me up, and it can turn them into a disaster. So it can yeah. a, a one date becomes one date disaster date and never again to something that could maybe have been something if you just uh, gone gone for the awkward persona and kind of you know some people find that endearing you know who knows you never know well if you're having a drink to feel more comfortable when you're dating what we need to be looking at because that's a band-aid right so what we want to be looking at is what is the limiting belief what's really underneath that are you feeling like you're not lovable that you're not worthy of this person choosing you that you're not good enough like these are the things that we need to be addressing if you feel like i'm just socially awkward i mean then we can be practicing some mock dates and prepare Mm. you for these dates but putting a band-aid on anything is never the solution And by also expressing to people right away too, like I don't drink, you're setting a boundary and boundaries are something that's really misunderstood. A lot of people are like, well, I don't want to say that because then they won't like me or they're going to think I'm like too direct. It's actually really sexy. Like when somebody sets a boundary and they value something about themselves, that's like, you know, that, that emoji with the hard eyes, you know, it's super sexy and attractive when somebody values themselves and their choices and their decisions. So don't be Me? afraid to say, I don't drink. You know, I prefer right, to do something. hearing this, it's sexy to sex boundaries. What are we it's worried sexy. about? Like, I'm, I'm not dating, but for you guys Ladies do, it's sexy to set boundaries. Because yeah, yeah. when you don't, it lowers your perceived value, which lowers your attractiveness, right? If you don't mm-hmm. value your own decisions, then people aren't going to value you as much either. So it's important. Yeah, valid point. And another thing, going back to what you said, that most most um, dating sites they have a, where you can click um, yep. whether you drink alcohol or not. I, I'm not aware of that because I'm not on the dating radar. Uh-huh, uh, yeah. <laughs> maybe a lot of our members though they're not aware of it because they might not have gone to um, a mm-hmm. dating site or whatever. But just now, you guys, you've you've heard it. There is a setting, so it naturally because that would filter out a lot of people that you don't want to. Let's waste any time and worry about judgment because if it's there right away, setting boundaries, now you know, mm-hmm. go for yeah. it. Yeah, 
Also, if people are looking for somebody, like let's say someone has an issue with somebody not drinking, like, I don't know, maybe they've just had an experience where, you know, there've been issues with someone saying that in the past and it was a triggering thing for whatever reason, people can also search by that as well. So if they're not okay with you not drinking, that you wouldn't even show up on their, on their choices either. Right. So it really is a screening process. You know, you're putting it out. It's subtle. If someone really has an issue with it, then you're not going to match with them anyways. Well, that's a very good point. So for anyone who's looking for love offline, um, have you got any suggestions or places for like like-minded people? So are there any clubs or groups or events that are kind of that you know of that does specifically non-drinking kind of fun stuff? Because I think there's a lot of stigma around uh, non-drinking like oh, non-drinkers mm. are boring so you know they just go to this you know so in, that's not true at all there's a lot of fun but but it's kind of been this whole thing of I know in the UK at least but there's more and more of these um, non-alcoholic pubs or you know yeah. places that don't serve alcohol it, do you know any more um, I speak about well, the UK I mean, but we have members all over the world you know you I are mean, there's international. Some, pubs in some cities um you know New York City has some Montreal has has one that just opened up about a year ago but it's more you know you, you said like-minded so like-minded doesn't mean it has to be surrounded around not drinking alcohol why don't we look for groups that involve hiking or adventures or art or you know taking a cooking class of any sort it doesn't have to be revolving around the topic of just not drinking list out all of the activities that you are interested in all of those things that we have on the back burner that we say someday I'm going to get time I'm going to go do this put a list of them down, you know, and start doing those things. You know, you don't know that everybody there isn't going to drink, but again, you're going to be upfront about the Mm -hmm. fact that you don't. So instead of just limiting it to having this one thing in common, expand and look at all the other facets of yourself and all your other interests that you can be finding somebody in alignment with those. See, that's very interesting because I think that, that this ties in a little bit with a fear that our members have. They feel like, well, I don't drink now. So I just I just need to surround myself because they're fearful of judgment. Yeah. I guess. So so yeah. they feel like, oh, well, where would I look for other people that are doing this? Whereas you don't have to. If you go somewhere mm-hmm. and do something awesome, you might meet someone brilliant that has one drink twice a year or one drink twice a month. Who cares? Mm-hmm. But they, they are a perfectly awesome human being that you could go, this is an awesome person. You would never have thought of it because you limit your options, I guess. Yeah, well, it's also, I mean, why are we assuming that just because you don't drink that everyone else is going to have a problem with that, right? So you have to also look at your boundaries. Are you okay with you not drinking, but your partner socially drinking? Or do you really want somebody who's on the same path as well and doesn't drink? Because, I mean, it's okay to have, respect each other's differences as well. Yeah. You know, we don't have to be exactly the same in every regard. So ask yourself what your boundaries are too. And if you're okay with dating somebody who has the occasional drink and your life choice is that you don't want to, it, it does like, what, why are we going to assume that they're not going to accept you? Right. You know, it's not like you're going around spray painting people's houses. You're just choosing not to drink. <laughs> you know, it's, right. it's not yeah. something that we need to be, proje- we're, we're projecting a lot of self-judgment and there's a lot more underneath that. 
right? Mm -hmm. So again, this is really becoming confident in our Mm -hmm. decisions, right? And really just embracing what our choices are. And when we come from it from a place of confidence, like let's not assume that people are going to have an issue with this, right? And if they do, it's not your person. But in my experience, it's not that difficult. You know, like when I'm taking intake for my matchmaking clients, very, very rarely has somebody ever said to me, I won't date somebody who doesn't drink. It's incredibly rare. Maybe like one person out of 500 when I interview them, like it's, it's wow. rare. So it's really more about who are you willing to accept as your partner versus are they going to be willing to accept me? Yeah, that's a good. That's good. I think that's a, that's a good number for people to hear that of our audience because I think people would expect there'd be a lot more because again yeah. the fear surrounding it so that's great yeah, yeah. but yeah it, it, it's 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 not as true as what we're building it up to be I think yeah. that's the critic chirping in your ear because there's just more self-acceptance that we can be healing and working on right there yeah I'm just looking at this fairly long question. I'm sorry, but I, I'm trying to. Uh, it's a long question, but I think it's an important one because I, I this is another one that it came up with times times a couple of times. So people are, are curious. Any thoughts on how to handle a date that's going wrong? We've all had them where everything you were expecting is far from the reality, like blind dates or whatever. Um, how do you get ease, How do you get out of it easily? For example, if they're drinking a lot or challenging you. Being alcohol free, so how is it? I mean, a good way out would be standing up and walking out, but let's be honest. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, this is just about boundaries again, right? Understand yeah. that it's okay to put your boundaries down. If something's not going well, it's perfectly acceptable. I mean, setting boundaries is not being mean, setting boundaries is being direct with grace and kindness. So, I would simply say. Thank you for taking the time to meet this evening. I really don't feel that we're in alignment with one another. Uh, I'm going to leave now. I wish you the best and you can get up and you can go. You never have to over explain, to justify, to debate your boundaries, right? No. Simply state them with faith and leave. Mm. It, it's, it's, it's that what is the obstacle here is guilt. You're feeling guilty for leaving. And yeah. if you're feeling guilty, that actually means you're on the right track. Okay. Yeah. So take that as a messenger that you're doing the right thing. Um, and it's just something, I mean, you've already made a, a tough decision. You know, cutting alcohol out of life is something that takes discipline. So you've already successfully made a tough decision. Setting boundaries for yourself is just another tough decision that you're going to commit to. And it's going to feel really funky at first because society has told us, you know, it's selfish to set boundaries, but it's mm-hmm. actually selfless to set boundaries. Just like if yeah. you're on the airplane and they say, put your own oxygen mask on first, otherwise you're going to pass out and be no good to anybody. When we don't set boundaries, we cultivate resentment and anger and we reject this outwards, right? So mm-hmm. it's actually selfish not to to express your boundaries because if that person and you aren't in alignment, are you actually doing them a favor by staying there for the date? They're probably not having a good time either. If you guys are having conflict already about your lifestyle choices. So do each other a favor and just set your boundaries kindly with grace and leave. Yeah. 
kindness, grace, and and then you leave. You feel good about yourself. You feel strong. Yeah. You feel empowered. You're like you, you weren't rude. You just stood your ground, and you can, you grow from that, right? I mean, it's if a self honoring decision. It's just self honoring, and you're not doing them any favors by sitting there and enduring something that's not in alignment. Doesn't yeah. do any any favors. So release the guilt the guilt is the messenger that you're doing the right thing so get out of there (laughs) yeah next question is a a big one and I think this is another one that I I saw people a few people uh, wanting to know sober sex can be scary can be a scary prospect for some being alcohol free who have used alcohol to give them confidence when things have progressed to the next level, how can they prepare prepare for this first time? I'm not saying that alcohol would have been a good, good idea, but that's probably like <laughs> what people would have done. Again, bad, bad yeah, idea. Yeah. When, when it's coming to that, you may, you can prepare and all that, but like this is quite a sensitive subject because this is a lot of mm-hmm. stuff going on. How, how you know, ooh. So simply put, if you cannot be emotionally naked with somebody, don't be physically naked with somebody. And also, I mean, isn't sex way better when you're emotionally connected? Otherwise, it's kind of mechanical, you know, so be emotionally naked, then get naked and you'll thank me. It's going to be way better. Oh, I love that. That is such a good tip. I'm going to highlight this with big fat capitals under it. This is so good. That is so good. I mean, that that is. That is an absolute golden rule that you should set for yeah. yourself because a lot of people do end up having sex. And oh, well, let's, let's mention all the people who wake up and go, Who is that? or <laughs> yikes, or oh, that no, the walk of right? shame next day. But, but, um, you know, having that Dutch cars and just getting it, getting it done if you need that then you probably shouldn't be having sex <laughs> well and also ask yourself why are you rushing into it anyway like if yeah. you're rushing into sex often what I find it's because you're seeking validation externally right or you're seeking connection um but you don't really connect through sex like connection no. is soul to soul heart to heart so be honest about what you're doing and why you're doing it and Mm. you know just sex is better when you have an emotional connection right so just your time don't rush into anything now I also believe in sex exclusivity as well I I think that when we have sex with somebody we are forever entangling our energies together and a question that I tell my clients to ask is like if you wouldn't want to be somebody, don't have sex with that person. So get to know them enough to know if would I want to be that, you know, like being John Malkovich, like, would I want to be this person? And if the answer is yes, then, you know, great, right? But make sure you're exclusive before having sex as well, because it's, it's a entanglement of people's energy, right? So yeah, you are making an imprint on one another once you're looking at it energetically as well. And I mean, taking this, taking the step to not drinking, I mean, you're, you're essentially taking a huge leap forward and towards your own health and to your own well-being. Yeah. And you're taking, you know, you're, you're going deep, you know, we encourage meditation and all that stuff. So having that 
started that journey. I mean, that choosing a partner, that's definitely a big part of it. So, so yeah. choosing that mindful, mindful connection, you know, at this before, yeah. you know, getting in, getting involved sexually, then sex, sex is amazing when the, the connection is there. So, so you'll know, so you, would you say people trust people for people to trust their feelings when it feels right? And it, you know, you know, not overthink things basically. <laughs> Basically, like I said, if if you can't be emotionally naked, then you shouldn't be physically naked. So if you're even at the point where you're feeling like you need a drink to have sex, Mm -hmm. then you're not there yet. Right. So you should be at a place where the only thing that you're feeling is this giant yes from Mm -hmm. every level, spiritually, emotionally, physically. Right. And until you feel like completely sure that that's the right decision and you're really just open and vulnerable and comfortable, unless you have that, don't be engaging in in sexual activity with people. Yeah. Simple as that. So for anyone, for anyone already in a relationship, what advice can you give them about keeping it fresh and functioning, especially if they have gone alcohol free and their, their partner hasn't? Okay. <laughs> My favorite subject. Okay. So. <laughs> All right. So what we're talking about is desire really here, right? Keeping something fresh. You want to have desire for one another in a relationship. Desire is a paradox though. Okay. So you have to be able to balance separateness with togetherness. And this is where people generally mess up. They usually go to one extreme or the other. Too much separateness, then we have disconnection. Too much togetherness, and we have enmeshment. With enmeshment, there is no individualism. Therefore, there's no tension that's there anymore. So what we want to be looking at is just as important as it is for you to have connection rituals, which should include, without any exception, one date night a week. No exceptions. Okay, you have to like, it's the law of thermodynamics. Every single system will disorganize over time unless energy is consistently put back into the system. The system here is the relationship. The system's also you. So you must put energy into the relationship through connection habits. So, you know, one date a week, no exception communicating daily, asking each other really how they're feeling, how their day is going. Like you've got to have those conditions, but then you also have to put energy back into your own system, right? You have to remain having your own rich, full life. You have to keep working on your own interests, your own habits, because that's how you keep that wow factor in the relationship. And then together, when you're doing also your connection rituals, you must be engaging in novel experiences together. Like be creative. People generally get stagnant, right? Mm -hmm. This is where we feel comfortable. And again, we stop putting energy back into the system. Continue to date. That's why it's so important to have those dates once a week. Get dressed up for each other. Make a nice meal together if you have to stay home. If you have children, you must get a support system in place because you've Mm got to be having that date night to keep that spark alive. There's great things you can do even like at home, cooking meals together. I mean, it's teamwork, right? You pick out a recipe, you go to the store, you buy the ingredients, you prepare the meal together. Like 
you know, even just brushing up against each other in the kitchen, you know, the touch of the skin, we're producing that oxytocin as well. So yeah, basically it's, it's the balance between keeping your individualism, but also making sure that you are continuously investing energy back into this system by being creative and coming up with new yeah. ways guys to share activities together and making sure you're, you're taking that time to connect. And once a year, you should go on a vacation, just two of you as well, and check in with each other because, I mean, we're always evolving, right? The only constant in life is change. And so we need to make sure that you and your partner are still in alignment. Ask what's your vision for the next year, for the next five years? How are you feeling in this relationship? Are your needs being met? Ask the questions that we never take the time to ask, like really check in with your partner. That way every year we're having like a, a revamp. And if there's anything that's been slipping, we can address that and build it back up again. That is some really sound advice there. Um, and, and the follow on question there and the last one, yeah. um, well, the, the, that's the it for my group. But the follow asking for a friend, obviously. But if you're stuck at home uh, with self-isolating and kids and the date nights, they're not really happening. Is that just is that just laziness? You've fallen out of pattern. Should you just stick to it? stick to your routine make sure you do date night regardless you know if it ends up being a lot later and not as as exciting and adventurous as it would be when you're not self-isolating mm-hmm. um but is it just being being firm with that routine because investing you have to be firm with it treat it like you would treat any business meeting um your relationship should be your number one priority kids are an extension of your relationship Mm-hmm. And like I said, three important decisions that we make in our life, education, career, and your partner. Don't compromise on your time with your partner. That that should be a number one priority. And if you have kids, like I said, get a support system in place. You know, I met my biological father about eight years ago. I'd never met him before then. And the thing that I'm so grateful for in, in that opportunity was him and his wife have been married for 27 years. And every Friday, no matter what, for 27 years, they have had date night. I have to cover my ears around them. You know, they're <laughs> constantly like, he's smacking her butt and she's whispering something that I won't repeat right now. And I'm like, oh my God, you guys are so gross. But at the same time, yeah. they act like they're high school sweethearts and they've been together for 27 years, right? And the thing is, date night every Friday, no matter what, nothing comes between them and date night. And it's the best relationship I've ever seen. So it's something I stand behind fully, aside from the science Mm -hmm. and the research, like actually seeing that relationship and how that keeps that spark there. Like, do not compromise on time with your partner. You chose them for a reason. And we often forget that we don't own our partner. Like we don't have ownership over them. And we often think we do. We forget that they are an individual and that it's a choice for them to be with you. And it's a choice for you to be with them. So don't take the connection for granted. Other people could choose them too and vice versa. So honor that choice that you made, honor that connection by prioritizing it. Wow. 
That's awesome. Amazing, Shana. Thank you so much. I mean, ah, thank you. Excellent insight to, you know, so, sober dating and sober love and but also to just love in general and love to love to oneself, you know. And one mm-hmm. thing that I would really take away from this, the one word that stuck with me that I've been aware of, I'm so bad at it, but I'm going to get better at it and that is boundaries. <laughs> Obviously not yes. just love, boundaries. This comes with any relationship, work relationship, friendships, um, you know, uh, assignments. Yeah, yeah, yourself. We bulldoze ourselves all day long. We bulldoze ourselves all day long. We say yes when we really want to say no to things, right? We bulldoze ourselves more than anyone else bulldozes us. So boundaries is everything. Boundaries is everything. Guys, if you guys want to list, uh, check Shana out, her website is uh, com. Actually, um, I, I just changed it over. It's mylovegurus.com. Oh, love it. So yeah. mylovegurus.com or gurus. Gurus with an S. S. Mylovegurus.com. I like that. Um, anything you. else? Uh, you, any 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 other uh, Instagram or any Facebook that I've missed handles that I've missed that you'd like? Yeah, to everything is at my my love gurus. So Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, it's all at my love gurus. YouTube. And so they can look you up. Anything else you you've got coming up that you would like to promote or share? That you do retreats or. You know, yeah, so well, uh, right now we're, we're in a world yeah. where we don't know what's <laughs> happening. But, but for people to, who are interested, they can look you up because you do do stuff like that as well. Yeah, so I do high-end retreats um, for women um, right now. Um, we will be doing some men's ones in the future. Also, if you are looking for love, you're welcome to join my free database as well. And we can get you set up there and um, see if any connections mm-hmm. That as well. You can simply just go to mylovegurus.com and you'll see two tabs men apply here and women apply here. Gurus. I'm just putting this out. I'll listen through this later again, but I'll just write down that. Just so, guys, check her out at mylovegurus.com. Um, especially those people out there right now feeling like this this is, you know, a lot of people re- reevaluating things right now and they uh, yeah. finding that partner would would quite be that hit that sweet spot then check check it shauna's website out guys thank you so much shauna you're amazing thank you, um, thank thank you. you for being Pleasure. patient and and for answering all the questions in my hand and we'd love to do a follow-up with you eventually because i know when, when we release this we're going to be like what i didn't get to ask my question i have so many questions so i'd love to revisit um absolutely i can talk about love all day long so oh, yay. like <laughs> Thank you so much, Sean. I really appreciate that, guys. We thank you for listening to this episode. Uh, That's it for now, guys. Next time. Thanks for listening to the One Year No Beer podcast. For a full list of episodes and to join in the challenge yourself, head on over to oneyearnobeer.com.